Seven minutes to seven, time to cross to the US. But just before we do, David, I saw this stat re um, reported on CNN over the weekend and just putting in perspective the exponential growth of cases in the United States. And it blew my mind. How's this? So five weeks ago in the US, there were 69 cases. Four weeks ago, 444. Three weeks ago, 2,800. Two weeks ago, 25,000. One week ago, there was 121,000. Right now, or as of yesterday... 311,000. 69 cases to 311,000, and it's almost tripled in a week. It's quite remarkable. There were more, the there were the more cases in Australia. You dug out a figure that I wrote down at the time, Will, because I know how reliable you are, and I used it in my column on, on Sunday. There were more cases in Australia than in the US on about February the 26th, I think. We had 17, yeah. they had yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah, I think it was either February, yeah, sometime around then, which is just, it's it's hard to fathom when we're suddenly talking about there being two here in South Australia yesterday and a two-week low in New South Wales on Friday and, and some declining mm. positive case tests. You can sort of see what uh, early early intervention's done. That's the thing. We we went, we, we yeah. did, to all the people that have said, gee whiz, we went a bit hard and we really went early, well, that's the whole point. Steve Marshall texted me about half an hour ago saying that they actually conducted more than 800 tests yesterday too in South Australia. So if you test 800 people, you only get two positive, then that's that's heartening too. <laughs> well, and the thing is, they're not 800 random tests, are they? The people that have had, no. that have, that have had contact with someone, they're people that probably got symptoms. Um, they're not just yeah, you know, that's swabbing people on the street. So that is particularly heartening. Mm. Um, we will speak with the premier after seven thirty this morning, but let's focus on the US for a moment. Ashley Mullaney is in New York City uh, for Seven News. Morning to you, Ashley. Morning, guys. So, uh, Ashley, what, what's it like in New York City at the moment? Um. Well. It's pretty grim, I have to say. Um, the streets are deserted, which we've all seen the pictures of that. Um, but you know what's interesting? This is a war, and I mean, you're both journalists. You would know that, you know, we need pictures and, and people to tell stories. The, the story's happening behind the four walls of hospitals at the moment. So it's difficult to really see exactly what's happening. But to give you some idea, we went out to Brooklyn yesterday, uh, a really hard uh, borough where they're recording a lot of deaths out there. And we were standing outside this medical centre for a few hours when our sunrise live hit for the morning. And in the time we were standing there, and I'm talking about a regular suburban Brooklyn street, not an alleyway, um, there were people out walking their dogs. And in the, in the few hours we were standing there, we saw a dozen bodies brought out on um, gurneys and put into a makeshift morgue. Just broad daylight, 3pm in the afternoon, hazmat suits, and bodies coming out in body bags. I mean, it was just, it's really confronting. Um, that's one neighbourhood in, in, in Brooklyn. Um, this is happening all over New York. And, and you see the look on these nurses' faces when they come out, take a breath of fresh air, and they're just broken. Um, and we are not even at the peak yet. I mean, the Surgeon General this morning was saying that this is going to be our, our 9 11. Um, our Pearl Harbor. I mean, it, you couldn't put it in any stronger terms than that. And um, it's just devastating. It, it's devastating for New York, but but the, ho the whole country. This is going to be a, a wildfire that spreads. So, Ashley, has the city pretty much completely shut down as well? 
Yeah, I mean, we're standing on Fifth Avenue at the moment. I'm just sitting in the car, and uh, they were sitting outside an Irish pub that's boarded up at the moment, um, covered in words, they stay home, save lives. And we're seeing water stores that are starting to board up their shop fronts, which is a, a pretty clear indicator that they're not expecting to open their doors anytime soon. But, you know, luxury stores around New York City. Um, it's really only grocery stores pharmacies that, that are open at the moment. I mean, this has just completely paralysed the economy. Uh, there's something like 27,000 restaurants in New York City. I'm sure you've both been here. It's bustling and there's always um, somewhere you can go for a drink and, uh, you know, or a coffee shop around the corner. So many people live um, paycheck to paycheck here. And I think that's going to be the next... Um, it's not just a health tragedy. This is going to be an economic tragedy too. And I guess the thing too is, well, New York seems to be the, the worst of it because of its high-density living and its population mm. and so on. But I'm a, I've been following New Orleans closely because I love the city. It's terrible what's happening down there in Louisiana. Seattle's a, a, yeah. a real hot spot. This is a, this is a vast national problem for, for the United States, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you think about some of these lower socioeconomic areas as well, you know, like New York's got this governor, Andrew Cuomo, who has been really vocal. You can tell he's he's going toe-to-toe with the president every day to try and get as many resources. He's calling on favours, calling on billionaires in China to get ventilators sent here. Um, not every community is going to have a leader like that, I think. And and there is going to be so much suffering. And, and this virus is just so insidious. Uh, you know, the, I've spoken to a paramedic this morning as well who's um, you know they're overwhelmed as well. They're turning up. Um, they're turning up to, to collect patients, and um, and you know they they can't breathe. They're bringing them into hospital, and you know how we heard those those medical staff in Italy saying, or in, in Europe saying, uh, they have to make the decision who lives and dies. Well, I'm being told that's already happening in New York. That there are patients turning up in their 90s, and the medical staff are saying are, are looking at each other and having that conversation. Do we give it to the 90-year-old who we know won't ever come off the ventilator or do we give it to someone younger who's got a chance? So this is really dire already. It certainly is. Mm. Ashley, really appreciate the report. Thanks for your time and this morning. Just, just one, one more last thing. I, I must tell you this um, this report that's just come out in the last, uh, just in the last couple of minutes before I started speaking to you about um, a report from the Bronx Zoo that a tiger has just tested positive for coronavirus. It would be remiss of me not to tell you guys this last bit of detail because it's got me me thinking of all sorts of questions now because I thought animals couldn't get coronavirus. Yeah, so Um, did I. But that's just broken in the last few minutes. So, yeah, all these tigers and lions have developed a dry cough and they've they've done the test and this (laughs) this Malayan tiger uh, has tested positive for corona, which just throws up a whole new series of questions. (laughs) Well, they're not going to have to issue guidelines about social distancing from tigers, I think, at very least. So that's that's one benefit. Um, good, on, that's good on you, Ashley. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for that. <laughs> Ashley Maloney for 7 News in New York City, painting a um, pretty dire picture of what it's like there on the ground. 5 to Blade News is on the way. Uh, when we return, uh, we're going to be wrapping up all the big stories over the last 24 hours and the weekend for you. That's coming up. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Let's get real. Have you ever wondered why adults are so obsessed with Disney? 
I'm theme park journalist Carly Wiesel, and on my new podcast, Very Amusing, I'm discussing every story, secret, and shenanigan I know to bring you an inside look at what's really going on there. From secret spaces like Disneyland's private $15,000 dinner to surprising celebrity hot takes, we're covering all of your curiosities. Subscribe to Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.